Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. Jesus, you're all we want, Jesus. take hold of a moment requires us sometimes to shift and so um, that's what I want to do right now staying in a a heart posture of giving ourselves to the Lord without stopping that Um, we had a lot of things to do this morning but we're just kind of scrapping it and I, I do feel a very strong uh, leading from the Lord to share the word this morning. And so I'm gonna move right into that. And before we're seated, I, I wanna read Hosea chapter six, verses one through three. We've read this during our return series last Sunday. And today's our second week in it of seeking the Lord. We've been fasting, we've been praying. With this in mind, come, let us return to the Lord. For he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers as the spring rains that water the earth. You may be seated. Return. Return. Returning to the Lord looks different for each one of us. But we've been, we've been challenged. And I say we've been challenged. I haven't challenged you. We've been challenged by the Lord, specifically three areas, making it personal. As easy as it is to try to apply God's word to other people, we're applying it to our lives, right? We're making it personal. Number two, we're fasting and we're praying. And I hope you're getting in on this because fasting is one of the most beautiful things Jesus has given us to really press in his heart to know him, to say no to our desires so that we can say yes to him. And then the third challenge was to attend a prayer room. I've had two people just this week say, one one person in just summarizing what they said is, I get it now. Another person said, I get why you told us to come to one prayer room this week, this month, because now I want to come to all of them because I get it now. And so I'm just saying time in his presence does that. Time in his presence does that to you. So we're consecrating ourselves during the month of September. 
And today, we, last week we talked about a return to devotion. Today I want to talk about a return to holiness. Everybody say holiness. Have you ever heard a message about holiness? They're often the worst. Because it's usually about what you wear, what you say, what you do. It's all behavior focused. And behavior's the starting place. And what I'm not going to do this morning, as many preachers have done, and I have been one of those guys that have done this, is to take shame and call it conviction. To take my words and my, uh, my trying to manufacture guilt in us and just let the Holy Spirit do it. I've learned that if I just trust him to do that, he will do it. And it's a lot easier on me. All right. And so holiness is actually something that the Lord is calling us to return to in this hour. There have been words uh, spoken over the global church in recent years that the fear of the Lord is returning to the church. And that's not a bad thing. Holiness is also returning to the church. And so... Uh, the disclaimer is last week and this week will be one more triggering ride for us because the Lord's going to speak and he might turn your life completely upside down this morning. And I hope he does. I hope he does that in all of us because that's what we need. Would you just have a heart posture of return? Return. So I want to read from 2 Chronicles 29. But I want to give a background for this. The scrolls of Kings and Chronicles give us a history of the people of God. Israel and Judah. If you remember from our Kings series, there's a northern kingdom, southern kingdom. Israel was the north. Judah was the south. Both kingdoms. Israel had all bad kings. Judah had mostly bad kings. And it says that they led the people to worship idols. And it says they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Consistently. With the exception of a few. I think it was five. And Hezekiah, the guy we're going to read about this morning, is one of the exceptions to the rule. The Bible says he actually did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And he marked his nation with revival because of his obedience. He marked his nation. There was a moment in, in Judah's history where Hezekiah ruled. Then he chose to get rid of the idols and return to the Lord. So you see the parallel here. We're called to the same thing in a day, in a generation where we've turned from the Lord, the Lord is calling us to return as a church, as individuals. And so let's pick up in 2 Chronicles 29, verse 1. It says this, Hezekiah began to reign when he was 25 years old. And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David, his father, had done. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites and assembled them in the square on the east and said to them, Hear me, Levites, 
Now consecrate yourselves and consecrate the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers, and carry out the filth from the holy place. For our fathers have been unfaithful and have done what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. They also shut the door of the vestibule and put out the lamps and have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. There's a few observations that I saw when I read this. Number one, in a time of doing what was right in the eyes of his culture, Hezekiah chose to do what was right in the sight of the Lord. Number two, Hezekiah wasn't just making a decision on his own. He looked back on a legacy of a king named David who had a heart that burned for the presence of God. A laid down life, a living sacrifice formed in the field on a harp. Nobody was watching. A lifestyle of worship and prayer. And Hezekiah tapped into that and said, that's what I want. I was thinking when we were worshiping a while ago, I was thinking about there was a revival in the um, 1940s on the Scottish Isle of Lewis, known as the Hebrides Revival. And Duncan Campbell was a preacher. This was a Presbyterian church, basically, and um, a church of Scotland, free church. And God moved on that entire island to the degree that they were praying. And what happened in the middle of the night, people started turning on their lights and getting up, and they didn't know how to respond to what they were experiencing other than go to the church. And so they just flocked to the church. Duncan Campbell comes to one of the churches where he was, the vicinity where he was. There's people all over the place just wanting to get in. They unlock the doors. He says at one place he comes, he comes down another night, and there's people just laying all over the floor crying out in repentance. And he says, I couldn't even get to the platform to preach I was stepping over people trying to get up there. And he said, as I'm stepping up on the platform, I hear a young girl saying, is there mercy for me? Is there mercy for me? Can I just say something that revival is not all goosebumps and glory? But first, there must be a death before there's a resurrection. We think of revival being resurrection, but there was a cross before there was an empty tomb. And the Lord is calling us to holiness. He's calling us to death to self, to follow Jesus in his death and in his resurrection. And so I see that Hezekiah opened the doors of the house of the Lord, meaning that the doors were closed to the house of the Lord. Can I just say that idolatry is often, uh, is often the result of neglect of obedience? This is the reason the temple existed, 
was to give praise and worship. There was a fire that was never supposed to go out. There was ministry to the Lord that was supposed to be happening. And somewhere along the line, they turned their backs in disobedience. And the results was the doors to the temple were shut. And the sacrifice ceased. The prayer and the worship and the honor ceased. And something else took its place. I see also that Hezekiah called the leaders to repent and ready themselves. He brought the priests and he brought the Levites. And here's the thing. The, 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 the job of the priests and the Levites was to minister to the Lord first. Now, they ministered to the Lord, and they also ministered on behalf of the people. And I'll just say this. Because we're in the new covenant, the assignment has not changed. The way it looks has changed. There is no temple made of stone. You are the temple. I am the temple. We together are a temple of the Holy Spirit and the, the one that Jesus is building but the assignment for this temple has, is the same as the assignment for the other temple. It ought to be a place where there's prayer and worship rising from our lives. And in order to do that, I must, you must, we must return to our original design, original intention. I read a book early in my Christian life by Jim Cimbala. Some of you know who he is. Some of you know him personally. Went to his church in Brooklyn, New York, the Brooklyn Tabernacle. He said this, you can tell how popular a church is by who comes on Sunday morning. You can tell how popular the pastor or evangelist is by who comes on Sunday night. We ain't got Sunday night church here, but you know. <laughs> But you can tell how popular Jesus is by who comes to the prayer meeting. The ministry of the Levites was to minister to the Lord first. In our modern culture, I think prayer and worship has got to be entertaining or we don't know how to do it. We don't know how to connect to it. I'm so thankful for this this morning. It's about Jesus. Have you ever experienced worship or prayer that wasn't about Jesus? That's why we don't like prayer, because it's seldom about Jesus. It's about us. When we approach worship, oh, I can't wait to get the dwelling today. I need to get filled up. As good as that is, and as right as that is to think, if Jesus is not forefront, if he's not focused, You'll never get filled. If you approach prayer as God, I need. You've missed the point of prayer. It's about him. It's about knowing him. It's about a life that the fire never goes out on. It's about making, an, making your life an altar where the fire never goes out. And, and worship, it's a life of worship. It's a life of connection and a life of prayer. It's not about getting my needs met. It's not about getting my goosebumps. 
It's not about even me being encouraged. It's about Jesus being loved because he's worthy of it. He's worthy. Hezekiah said, I'm going to cleanse the temple and I'm going to restore the Levites to their original function. Can I just tell you, if you're in leadership of any kind, the body of Christ or any, everybody's a leader because you're an influencer. I don't care what your role is. I don't care what your title is. I don't care if you have one or don't. The purpose of your life is to minister to the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. To love the Lord is the assignment. To be a lover ought to trump every other calling in your life. Well, I'm called, I think I have a call to preach, Gunner. Well, you better just love Jesus and let that flow out of that. I'm called to lead worship, but I can't have a platform. Nobody sees my gift. Why don't you just love Jesus well and stay hidden like David until God promotes you? Because, see, the thing is, when you develop a lifestyle of prayer and worship and connection with Jesus on your own when nobody sees, it's pure when people do see it. Don't rush what God is not blessing right now. You just press into his heart and know him. Can I encourage you with that today? I hope that doesn't discourage you and it actually takes the pressure off of what the dreams and the visions that God's giving you. Yes, you don't need to forget that, but you need to pursue his heart more than you pursue a dream that he's given you. All right. So there was a there was a verse there was a, a little phrase in that passage that stuck out to me. I'm sitting in a coffee shop this week. And number one, let me just say this. God's on the move. I can't I can't sit anywhere lately where I don't hear Jesus in conversation. Maybe I'm just in the right places at the right time. I don't know. But I'm telling you, he's moving. And uh, I, I, I was reading this, and this thing just jumped out on the, off the page. It says, carry out the filth from the holy place. Carry out the filth from the holy place. See, what had happened is some things had been brought into the holy place, the temple, and allowed to stay. There were things that had been brought in that were never intended to be in the holy place. Now, what it doesn't say or give us an idea of is that the unholy things made the holy place unholy. It was a holy place, therefore unholy things didn't belong there so if we could take this as a metaphor for our own lives as we are the temple unholy things don't make us holy unholy Jesus said you look at the outside of the cup you're like you know wash that thing up and he's like is the ins the inside's dirty it's not what enters a man that defiles him yeah. 
Jesus is looking at the heart. And so if we could look at our own lives, it's not the stuff you're doing that makes you unholy. If you're in Christ, you are holy. Therefore, unholy things don't belong. Okay, you're going to need some convincing. So what we've done with religious stuff is we've made holiness external. You better get that skirt length down there. You better get that up here. You better not smoke, chew, or hang out with those who do. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But if where has that gotten us? Are we loving the Lord more because we're wearing the right clothing? Are we don't have a smoke in our hands? Like what? What does that even matter if our heart's not right with God? Jesus, Jesus said, forget the outside. Let's move on. Let's look at the inside. And so we do all these things that are good and they're good and they're right and we should do them. But if we think that's making us right with God, we don't understand the gospel. Because the gospel is good news and the good news is that, that we are bad and Jesus is good and he paid our debt for us. And he's given us an opportunity to be connected with him. Not just be connected with him, but be regenerated by his spirit. Changed. We are a new creation the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Therefore, if I'm in Christ, I am a new creation. The old things, the unholy things, the impure things, the things that don't look like Jesus, that look like the world, that look like the enemy, those don't belong in my life anymore. Why? Because I'm a new man. I'm a new man. So, we think, man, I got to be holy. I got to be holy. So, so what does that mean? I got I to avoid all unholy things to maintain this at all costs because it's all up to me to keep myself holy. You know what changed my life? When I believed that I was holy in Christ. It's not what I've done. It's what Jesus did for me. He changed my identity. And so holiness must be lived out of identity. Some of you guys have spun your wheels with stuff, with habits, with addictions and all that stuff. And you think it's up to you. When what if it was just be transformed by the renewing of your mind? And what if that just meant change your mind about who you are? If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old things don't belong. You're not a slave to sin any longer. Right? Are y'all believing this? You know, we, we believe that Jesus is the only way for our salvation. But then it changes once we're saved. Now it's up to us. Now some of y'all are, are not hearing me right. And you say, well, what does that mean? Just live how you want to? No. Who you are informs how you live. So here's, here's, a little, here's a little checker right here. You know, you, you put the thing in the pool to see what. <laughs> Let this be a little thermometer or, or a little uh, test for us right now. If I can live comfortably in my sin, 
I'm serious. If, if I can live comfortably in my sin, yeah. I probably don't know Jesus. I have been miserable in my life. The most miserable I've been is not because stuff was hitting me and things were coming at me. The most miserable I've ever been in my life is when I was running from Jesus. Because when you belong to him and you run from him, it doesn't, it's not right. It's not what you were made for. It's not what you were designed for. That's why I say I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get all up in arms about people walking away from the faith. Because if they really knew him, they'll be back. Because they'll miss him. Because he's that good. If you're away from the Lord this morning, Dane said it. It's now. It's right now. Today's the day of salvation. It's time to return. If you don't know Jesus, you need to just come know him. Just say, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of doing it myself. Best news I ever heard. How about you? All right. I'm almost done. So I see it this way. Good way that I heard it put this way and it's helped me. Holiness is both positional and practical. So what I mean by this is positional holiness has absolutely nothing to do with me. It is the finished work of Jesus on the cross. He paid my debt. He set me free. He's made me a new creation. I am holy in Christ. As holy as Jesus. Some of you don't believe that. That's why you're struggling with... <laughs> why you, that's why you can't get loose of it. So you don't believe that. Clean as Jesus. So positional holiness is he's put me here by his work, by his grace. And it's who I am because of him. I'm holy. If you're in Christ in this room, say, I'm holy. holy. All right. Practical holiness is in light of that, I'm going to walk like it. I'm going to live like it, talk like it. My relationships look like I am holy. That's why when I start believing that, rather than striving over here, I actually believe this, and it makes this easier. Am I setting somebody free this morning? Like, like it's not about spinning your wheels anymore. It's just about the light switch of faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus. And then I'm just going to live like it. Because grace is not just forgiveness. Grace is power to do what's right. Power to live pleasing to the Lord. So, if we're to put this in the context of the Hezekiah cleansing the temple thing and all that, a traditional religious mindset is this. Get the unholy things out of the house so the house can be holy. But the gospel, new covenant, biblical way to look at it is this. Get the unholy things out of the house because the house is holy. So carry away the filth from the holy place. This is what the Lord is calling us to do. And it's not a shame message. It's not a guilt message. He just said there's some stuff in the house that doesn't belong. It just doesn't belong. And it's stifling your witness. It's killing you. If you're honest, it's killing you. 
in my life during this fast, the Lord's been showing me things. I had to text my wife this morning and apologize for something. Can I just tell you, that's a fruit of the Holy Spirit working in your life, that you can actually see things. Now, repentance and coming to this altar and fill in the blank, it doesn't make you holy. Coming to Jesus makes you holy. And once you're holy, you have the desire to live holy and the power to do so. Lauren, come on up and lead, lead us in something here. And, um, whatever you guys had planned is fine. So what's the point? What's the application? I don't know if you've heard this in a long time, like a message like this, because we're all about God bless me these days. Jesus bless me, bless me, fix me. If you have sin in your life, it's time to lay it down. It's time to get the stuff out of the holy place. You're a holy place. You're a habitation. You're the temple of the, of the Lord. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. The stuff that we've allowed to remain, bitterness, resentment, lust, porn, all this stuff, it's like, it just doesn't belong. Gossip, backbiting, negativity, just spewing out of my mouth because my heart, I haven't surrendered my heart to Jesus. No wonder what comes out of my mouth is poison. So give Jesus your heart today. Get the unholy things out of the holy place. Can you, can you sense the love of the Father over you this morning saying, this is who I made you to be. This is who I died for you to be. And now you can be it by my power and by my grace in your life. Return. Just get the stuff out and let's go on. He's not, he's not got a waiting period for you. He's not got to like see if he's for real about this. No, he's like return. And let's get on with the things that I've called you to. First love, obedience, and loving the people around us. But I can't do that if the house isn't clean. So sin in your life, willful disobedience, unforgiveness, bitterness, habits that don't honor God, compromising your convictions. There's things that used to not be okay that are okay now. And that's not okay, guys. It's not okay. Negligence, ignoring what God's told you to do. Do you know that, that not doing what he said is, is just as bad as doing what he said not to do? It's still disobedience. What has he called you to do that you hold on to so tight and you've not done it yet? Can we stand? Here's the uncomfortable reality if I've not been uncomfortable enough. Here's what I know that the Lord wants to do today. I know it with everything in me. There's a biblical, it's biblical. Jesus talked about it and the guy who wouldn't forgive people and he, he owed a bunch of money, God forgave him and then somebody owed him and he wouldn't forgive them. And Jesus tells a parable and he says the tormentors came and took the guy away. Can I just tell you, 
unrepentant sin in your life, unforgiveness especially, will invite the tormentors into your life. Some, some of you guys, it's, it's, you've tried to do this thing, you're spinning your wheels, and yes, it's gonna take a mindset, sh mindset shift in your life, but what's happening, honestly, is there's, there's a demonic stronghold in your life. And I don't know if it's lust, if it's unforgiveness, if it's, I mean, fill in the blank. The devil, any kind of foothold in our lives he can get, he wants to keep you bound and keep you away from the original assignment of loving the Lord and loving people. And so a good way to acknowledge this this morning, recognize this in your life is, what area of my life am I spinning the wheels constantly? And where do I feel stuck? Can you, can you be bold enough, humble enough to just come receive prayer for that? Because here's the thing. We're not so American enough, Western enough, 20th century enough. Are we in the 20th century, 21st century? I don't know who I am, where I am. Here's the deal. The assignment's not changed. The spiritual realm has not changed either. And by, uh, Jesus gave us a command to go into all nations, preach the gospel, preach the good news of the kingdom, to heal the sick, to cast out demons. And I'm saying, if you've got a, a holdup in your life, there may be a spiritual root to that. Let's get it out. Get the unholy things out of the holy place today. Don't wait anymore, okay? So I've asked the elders to come on up, your wives, if you want to bring them, bring them too. <laughs> it's kind of a package deal. And um, so y'all come on up, receive people for prayer. Um, I would just ask you to respond, okay? We're going to pray. We're going to soft close. And if you need to go, go get your kids out of kit. Uh, kids ministry back here bring them back in here but we're going to close but what I'm going to open the altar up for is for you just like I love that we had an unprompted altar call this morning and people just responded to the Lord just feel free to respond you can do that here by the way if you want to come up here and linger at this altar if you want to come receive prayer from one of us especially for the areas that you feel stuck in your life it doesn't have to be that but I really feel like the Lord wants to set some people free today. I believe that the stuff that you've been caught in, there's, there's gonna be an obvious breaking off of that today. That's what we're believing for. And that's what we have, that's what we have authority in Jesus to, to actually claim over your life, over our lives. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Don't settle for anything less, okay? Sound good? Are you encouraged today? Has your mind shifted today? All right, let's pray. Holy Spirit, you're not done. So we just pray that you would move in power and authority. Lord, we pray for chains to be broken, addictions to just fall off of people. Lord, we pray for right now for sin to be illuminated in us so that it can be pointed out and, and cast out of us. Lord, we, we, we respond right now in repentance, and in wholehearted devotion to you. And nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop what you're doing in our hearts and our lives right now. And so in the name of Jesus, anything that would hinder what Jesus is doing in the room, 
has to go right now in Jesus' name. I bless you in the name of Jesus. You guys have a great week. Just do what the Lord tells you to do. Amen. All right. Love you. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.